it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Big Friday episode of Fox Across America coming your way with Jimmy Fallon, your source for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. Yes, the country is on fire. But why, Jimmy? Why is everything so bad? We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And the guy who's supposed to be the head person uh, announcing yesterday that he'll give a speech about January 6th today. I don't remember that ever happening. Joe Biden and the Democrats trying to turn January 6th into like a federal holiday. And it probably should be considering how many feds were involved. But stop it. We're not doing that kind of show. Uh, 888-788-9910. It's a big Friday episode of the show. Kat Kamek's going to be here. Daniel Turner's going to be here. And, of course, every single one of you are welcome because like my new big fancy TV show that debuts next Saturday, this radio show has no barrier for entry. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. On this show, you can be anything you want. Be a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. We don't care. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Uh, It's going to be a busy weekend for your radio buddy because I am on One Nation with Brian Kilmeade tomorrow night. It's the official baton pass because he's going to be my lead-in on TV starting a week from tomorrow. And I will also be hosting for the final time uh, the big weekend show. Uh, that's a show uh, that I was lucky enough to host, uh, you know, being like the little rotation of it's a four person show. And I've been on it a heck of a whole lot uh, over the years. But now I have like a little cap and gown thing where they've got to see me off to my own show, which, again, is huge. But I will tell you this. You need to know this. And I want to start the show out on this. I, I am giving a a shout out to a woman. There is no chance, none, that she is listening to the show right now. OK, but my wife, Jenny Fela. Uh, really does deserve a shout-out on this particular Friday because, and this is something you guys might appreciate, uh, as people who probably don't have their own nationally syndicated talk show and TV show and a stand-up special out this week and a book that's out this month. Uh, you know, I got a lot of things going on that would seemingly sound cool, but I will tell you the things that matter to you, if you ever find yourself in this position, uh, they don't change. They don't change. Like when I was a cab driver at the end of the day, I just wanted to eat. I love food. My whole life revolves around food. I grew up in one of those families where, you know, we could only express our appreciation for each other through giant portions of food. Like, if you go over to my mom's house for Sunday dinner, like, forget, like, she literally is, you're parking the car. Like, she's throwing meatballs, you splash it into your windshield, hit you in the doors. It's like you're losing a paintball. Massive portions. Just giant portions of food. That's what I come from. You're killing yourself the way you eat, you all fat f- Look at you. Well, I definitely have to dial it down now for TV. But the point is, I like food more than anything, like anything. Okay. And yesterday, man, this is crazy. Yesterday, I have an 18-hour day here at Fox, which is pretty typical for me. But I don't consider this work. Believe me, you could never call the cab driver version of me and tell him what a hard day I'm having in TV and radio. (laughs) Dude, I know you're getting cut off and shot at on the Van Wick Expressway. 
But I had to go on TV with a former Miss Universe and talk for four minutes. Shut up! Will you shut up? That's what they would say to me. They would hang up. They'd be like, shut, shut up, fatso. Go get some makeup. But anyway, uh, after an 18-hour day, a lot of which was outside yesterday because we were shooting out st- outdoor stuff for uh, another show I have coming out on Fox Nation that you haven't even heard about yet. Uh, it was like 12 degrees. It was freezing yesterday. And I was like broken down to nothing. And after finally making it home at the end of an 18-hour shift, Jenny Fela, who uh, has just gotten a new smoker for Christmas. That's what you buy a country girl. That's what I got Jenny for Christmas. She got a smoker and two new handguns. That's what she got. That's what she got for Christmas. That's who I married. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier, man. Get, a, get yourself a country girl. Oh, good gosh. Are they the best? But last night, and this is the coup de gras. this is the truly best thing about her, is after finishing an 18-hour day, I, I walk in the door last night to a surprise uh, pork roast in the smoker. <laughs> Like a a pork shoulder. Like she cooked a 12-hour pork shoulder. And it was, but it was so good, man. Like in an emotional port in the storm. Because I didn't eat anything the whole day but cashews and Greek yogurt, which is so sad. Like sad. That's the diet I'm on. People are like, you on Ozempic? I'm like, no, I'm on the Greek yogurt and tears. And at the end of the day, when they wipe off my makeup, I go home and I eat some type of protein source. But the point is, the joy I found on my table last night when I got home, like I, I, it, the, fa- the only reason I didn't burst into song is because I was just too busy chewing to get any of the notes out. I was just so happy. And uh, she's not listening. I promise you she's not listening. I'm making the point. It's, what is it, 12 yet? Yeah, it's a little after 12. She's not. She's with the landscaper right now. They're shacking up somewhere in the shed. That's true. That is true. But the point is, uh, the things that matter in life, okay, never change. No matter what your job is, no matter what your success happens, to, it doesn't matter, okay? I like food, and I really like my family. So it wasn't until I got my own radio and show and TV show that I realized how broke I was my whole life because I was too busy eating whatever I felt like and hanging out with my family. And now that seems are seemingly, uh, you know, a lot better for me professionally, all I ever want to do is go home and have food and hang out with my family. So it's all the same. And the point I'm trying to make uh, on this Friday heading into the weekend is there are things you like to do, okay? And whether you have a good day at work today or a bad day or whether, you, you know, you get the job or get the guard, none of it matters. The point is, I guess, you'd like to see these things go well. But even if they don't, there's some type of source of joy out there waiting for you to indulge in it right now. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? And the reason I'm giving you this feel-good sermon, though, is because what I realized today uh, is we start the primary season, okay, this month, okay, Iowa caucuses being the first go-round for the Republicans, then it becomes an actual primary in New Hampshire, Okay, the Democratic playbook and the full electoral playbook, meaning the general election playbook, uh, is pretty much been leaked. It's like, you know, when somebody's traveling with their football team and they forget it on the plane and then somebody's like, wow, the whole Atlanta Falcons offense, which apparently they really did lose the playbook in the second half of that Super Bowl when they were up 28 to three to the Patriots and wound up blowing it. Uh, But the point is. They are going to be gaslighting this country on race, transphobia, you know, climate denialism, white supremacy, as hard as humanly possible. Now, some of you say, well, why would you say that, Jimbo? It's Friday. You just gave us the speech about pork shoulders. 
<laughs> she wrote a haiku about your wife, you fat slob. But the reason I can say that is because Biden's giving this speech, okay, from Valley Forge, Pennsylvania this afternoon. And he's going there to invoke George Washington and explain how the only way our democracy can stand is if we stand off and beat Donald Trump and his supporters. And that's what's going on. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. They want to sell you on this election is we don't win. They're going to end democracy. The white supremacists are going to take over. Never mind about the the hard number. I think the hard number is 71%. 71% of Trump voters voted for Obama. Think about that. Obama beat McCain by that much. Okay, in Ohio, where he beat Mitt Romney and put that election to bed. Okay, most Trump voters, most of them, most of them voted for Obama. Okay, not because they're like raging liberals, but because they, in some instances, were tired of establishment Republicans. But most importantly, because they were clearly not white supremacists. That is correct. Okay, but they're trying to take January 6th and reapportion it, as you've heard the language, a deadly white supremacist insurrection. Democrats are so full of crap. First of all, okay, reverse order. Is anyone being charged with insurrection? The answer would be no. Donald Trump. Like, but, but forget the people who stormed the Capitol. Is Trump being charged with insurrection? The answer would be no. How about all the people that were arrested? Is a single person, one person, one human being from January 6th being criminally charged with the crime of insurrection? The answer would be no. But it's still there, a deadly white supremacist insurrection. That's what they call January 6th. That's what's in his speech today. What a fraud. But you understand that's a lie. So they're, they're going to go out and race bait the country and set it on fire. Because in an election year, they can't run on the border. They can't run on crime. They can't run on the economy. Can't run on your kid's school. Okay? So they're going. certainly not going to run on foreign policy. Oh, my God. I mean, have you looked out at the world right now? Biden is such a disaster. So they're going to run on 2020. This is a battle for the soul of our nation. Do you remember in 2020, Biden said it was a battle for the soul of our nation because Donald Trump never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa, get out of town. But the media didn't talk about that. Okay, and they let Biden run with this whole battle for the soul of our nation thing. And again, it works with gullible people whose emotions are their facts. Hey, well, you you know, these guys are a bunch of racists. They didn't condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists. So we should probably vote for the Democrats because who the hell wants to vote for the guy who doesn't condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists? Yeah, there is this small matter that he clearly did condemn the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists. I just played it for you. But the point is that's that's what they're capable of to get their way politically. They don't care about us, is what I'm trying to say. If you're willing to take, okay, gasoline. It's the only time Democrats are pro-gasoline is when they're dumping it on the fires they set along racial lines in this country. Other than that, you got to use an EV. Okay, but when it comes to dumping gasoline on the fire that they've turned our country into, you know, pass me a, a gallon of 93 unleaded. Okay, he's going to, a deadly white supremacist insurrection. January 6th was not about white supremacy. 
Okay. Do you want to know how I know that? Because Trump lost. Are you ready for it? He lost to a white guy. Correct the mundo. Okay. They weren't storming the Capitol because Joe Biden was white. They were, if they were white supremacists, they would have stormed under Obama, is my guess. I think he's got a point. It's really, if they're white supremacists, why did they storm for Biden's inauguration and not Obama's? Why wouldn't they stop, stop that vote count? But that's part of the scam. They're not white supremacists. They are not white supremacists. You can tell me somebody showed up with a Confederate flag, okay, which I'm not supporting, but that even that would not make them white supremacists. The Confederate flag endured in the South as a big part of the government's commitment to Reconstruction. They were honoring the South. They were honoring their culture and their heritage. They weren't honoring slavery, but they were respecting the fact that in order for them to buy back into the Union, okay, there would be some dignity in defeat. They wouldn't say the war's over, you lost, and we're going to pretend you never existed. Okay, and that's what it was all about. But understand, that being said, I understand that that flag is frowned upon in polite society today, and I can concede that. But it doesn't mean one guy showing up with that flag means everybody there is a member of the Klan. My God! And then you get to deadly. Okay, and they want you to believe that although no one was killed at the Capitol that day, Okay, no one physically died from January 6th. People died after January 6th. People committed suicide. People had heart attacks. But no one was physically killed to death during the January 6th melee. Okay, but they still can tack on the word deadly by loosely associating some of the people who were there that day with recent deaths that happened in the aftermath. And and again, they're being very loose with the facts. But we know they don't care about political violence. We know we don't they don't care about Okay, leading us to this more tolerant time where we're more respectful for, of each other's views. Why? Because they don't actually have like a Biden speech to commemorate any of the dozens and dozens of people who were killed in the summer of 2020. I understand it didn't happen at our Capitol. A lot of that happened at state capitals, happened at Nike stores, happened at Target's. But the point is that was political violence that killed dozens of people, 42 people, and caused $10 billion worth of damage. Okay, January 6th, the most money and damage it caused was the new fence they built for Biden's inauguration. And I'm not saying like, hey, I'm pro-January 6th. I don't think it was good. I think it was awful. I was condemning political violence before it was cool. Okay, but understand they're giving a speech today to commemorate January 6th because it was a deadly white supremacist insurrection. (laughs) Literally, none of it is true. But they're willing to get out there today and light the world on fire because the only chance they have to get reelected is to tell people to vote for them and they'll put out the fire that they themselves started. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services 
Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. There it is. Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. It's Friday. I'm in a good mood. I'm trying to put you in a better one because I got to tell you, man, weaponized racism, it's so shameless. It's so divide. It's disgusting. Let me give you another one, okay? I, I'll give you a Joy Reid clip while we're sitting here. I know you're not dying to hear some Joy Reid on a Friday. <laughs> not running around like, yeah, this is a decent week. If only I could hear a little more Joy Reid. I know that's generally not the takeaway. Okay, but here's Joy Reid to the Harvard thing, okay? Here's Joy Reid on MSNBC saying that the Harvard president was fired because there's a war on black progress to replace them with white men. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Now, again... The Harvard president was fired because she was found to have plagiarized all of her papers. Never mind that she went before Congress and said it was okay to call for genocide against all Jewish people. Get her out. Get her out of here. But do any of those things change depending on the color of her skin? The answer would be no. Are you telling me a white guy? could plagiarize every paper, go before Congress and go, yeah, if you want to kill all the Jews, kill all the Jews. Are you going to tell me that guy can keep his job? Of course not. But here's Joy Reid doing what she does best, which is being completely full of (laughs) clip 30. There is this sort of open war on black progress, black history. Um, Claudine Gay, the president uh, of Harvard University, at least up until she resigned, um, is now the latest casualty of that. Christopher Rufo, um, who is out there touting and, you know, high-fiving and claiming the scalp of Claudine Gay, telegraphed that this was what they were going to do, that they were going to associate um, these DEI professors of colleges with BLM and decolonization and Hamas in the public mind and get rid of them. He's now claiming victory. He telegraphed that this was the campaign. Why are these elite colleges capitulating to it and essentially making it so uncomfortable for these women leaders that they have to step down to be replaced by white men? Garbage like you just makes me sick. Now, is Harvard rushing out to bring in a white man? The answer would be no. Think about that for a second. 
She doesn't even know that's happening. And she's making that point anyway. And again, what is she out there saying? Well, you're a racist for wanting to get rid of the woman who plagiarized all her papers and said we need to kill all the Jews. I mean, what kind of racist doesn't let a woman say kill all the Jews? Do you get what's going on here? It's embarrassing. It's gross. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I would be remiss. Remiss! As they gaslight us over this January 6th insanity. Joe Biden giving a speech a little bit later today. Because he wants you to believe, you know, January 6th. That's why you should go to the polls this November. Sure, inflation's up. The border's completely overrun. We're on the brink of World War III. Gas is $2 higher than it was when I took office. 76% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. But you should give me another four years because of January 6th. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. That's the pitch. The pitch for 2024 is January 6th. January is bad. January 6th, the deadly white supremacist insurgency. They didn't try to overthrow the government. Okay, you want to know why Trump didn't try to overthrow the government? Are you ready for it? Because he was in charge of it. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. They weren't trying to over. They were unarmed. They didn't show up. You know who was armed? The Capitol Police officer who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. The only person killed at the Capitol was a female unarmed Trump supporter who served this country in the military. Think about that. Look it up. You don't talk about it a lot on the news. Look it up. Ashley Babbitt shot and killed unarmed by a Capitol Police officer. Okay, are you going to tell me if a Capitol Police officer shot an unarmed liberal protester, a pro-Hamas protester? People who have done a lot of damage, shut down bridges, denied people in ambulances from getting medical care, trapped people in six-hour delays, shut down airports. Okay, are you going to tell me if an unarmed protester of theirs got shot by a capital police, we wouldn't have a memorial dedicated to that three hours ago, forced crying sessions. Okay, and that's the part of this that's so disingenuous and disgusting. I'm not trying to get you mad at Democrats. I'm trying to get you mad at shameless people. And even then, I don't want you to be mad because you don't make better decisions when you come from a place of emotion. But the truth is, what they're doing is disgusting, man. Okay, when you look out at the Capitol on January 6th, we were all like, This is bad. I was on the radio. This is bad. Can't do it. Okay, that was the take. But understand that was also my take weeks before when they were lighting cathedrals on fire in Washington and tearing down statues and looting businesses. Guys, they burnt down a hundred, a hundred black businesses in the near north of Minneapolis in the name of some type of racial progress. Kamala Harris tweeted a link to bail out the people who did it because we got to take the fight to these people. You know, the only way we're going to have true equality is if we burn down all the black stores. It didn't even make sense, but it didn't matter because they had found a lane to run on. The Democrats run on division. It disgusts me. And you really need to know that that's true. When you watch the Derek Chauvin video, the first time he knelt on George Floyd's neck, We all watched it and we're like, oh, gosh, ooh, I can't watch this. This is horrific. It doesn't mean Derek Chauvin was racist. We don't know that he knelt on his neck because of the color of his skin. We just know he was a bit of a thug cop. I mean, to be clear, George Floyd was a thug guy. 
He didn't need to die in that moment. Might have died anyway later on based on some of the habits he had. He's a dude who once held a knife to a pregnant woman's stomach. Okay, you don't wind up getting martyred in a normal society if you lived the life that George Floyd did. But the Democrats needed to martyr him and throw him on murals and make you really believe that he was someone, okay, who was worthy of praise, someone who was worth reconfiguring the entire country for, a guy who held a knife to a pregnant woman's stomach, okay, a guy with an arrest record that could wrap around the world twice if the Democrats wouldn't accuse him of damaging the environment with all of that paper. That's too much paper, guys, the forest or something, climate change, no way. But the point is, okay, they hold these people up because it will inspire more division. When we watch Derek Chauvin kneel on George Floyd's neck, now be clear, we didn't know anything about George Floyd other than he was under arrest and his neck was being knelt on for eight and a half minutes. Okay, we all universally said, hey, you can't kneel on a guy's neck for eight and a half minutes. We agreed on that point. We all sat there and were like, bad. Okay, but that was of no value to them. Consensus. Consensus serves them no purpose. So they had to take our point of agreement and reestablish the bargain. The bargain was not, hey, is this right or wrong? The bargain turned into, ho, 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 ho. This was not Derek Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck. This was all of America. We are a systemically racist nation. All the cops are racist. We're actually going to defund. We're going to get rid of the police. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And before anybody tells you that I'm some right-wing agitator, because I'm not, I'm a comedian, you can't tell from this break, my God, we'll get there, don't worry. But before anybody tells you they didn't want to defund the police, let's take a little lap around memory lane. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Defund the police Ooh. does not mean abolish the okay. police. Sounds better. It means a dramatic reduction in the number of police in our poor communities. Sounds worse. for defunding the police. Look, the reality is we can't rely upon the police to provide public safety. It's a moment to reimagine policing, to take things off the shoulders. And what we also want is a reconception of how we achieve public safety. How do we take out many of the responsibilities that police officers are now dealing with by investing more into housing, into education, into these other things? You know, in, in many cities in America, over one third of their city budget goes to police. So we have to have this conversation. What are we doing? She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Imagine, imagine being willing to get out there and say we have to defund the police. What are we getting out of this? Now, understand that when they were saying that, every single one of them was maintaining their own police protection, their own armed guards. Cori Bush, the biggest advocate for defund the police on the planet, got caught spending $200,000 on defunding the police. Here's her explanation. 
I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. <laughs> defund the police has to happen. Because we're trying to save lives. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Does not have a brain, okay? But understand, people willing to advance policies that don't affect them are scum. They're actual scum, man. Like, it's not cool. Okay, but that's the strategy. Like, the playbook going into 2024 is going to be everybody is a racist. The cops are racist. The Republicans are racist. Okay, and it's so disgusting Because the end result of calling everybody a racist is that the members of the races you purport to care about are harmed the most. I think he's got a point. You know who defund the police? It had to happen. Why? It's like, oh, we're systemically racist. We're screwing over the black people. Can't have the police. Never mind that the police are now majority minority. You go into most major municipalities in this country, they're not white majority police forces. They're very much reflective of the communities they serve. Okay, and the truth is, when you are a cop and you're showing up to a violent situation where a guy's got a knife, he's holding it to a woman, he's just abducted her, abducted her child, sexually assaulted her at knife point, like that Jacob Blake deal out in Wisconsin, in, in Milwaukee. Okay. Okay, and that was in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's where it was. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Police respond to a scene where Jacob Blake has abducted a child from a woman who has an order of protection against him. Brandishing a knife, he sexually assaults her at knife point in front of the child. Police show up, get into a violent fight with him because he resists arrest, at which point he gets shot several times. The Democrats want you to believe that the only thing that influenced the police decision that day was the color of Jacob Blake's Skin is totally false, but they're willing to do it. Okay, no, it isn't. You know, a white guy was kidnapping a kid at knife point and sexually assaulting the mom in front of him and fought the cops. They would have just took the beating. You want to shot him? Like guys, do you get how disgusting and disingenuous that is? But it's designed to inflame tensions because the lane in 2020 became viable. Well, the other guys don't want to get rid of the cops. And you see all the racist stuff they're doing. Look, they just shot Jacob Blake because he was black. That's what they did. Okay, to to this day, you don't know that they killed George Floyd because of the color of his skin. Okay, but you do know. Okay, you do know that that is the going depiction of those events. Derek Chauvin is just driving around in his cop car looking to kill a black guy. That's who we have representing us in in uniform. Do you realize how much dangerous, how much more dangerous that makes life in inner city communities? Because it furthers, when you further the distrust between the police and the communities they're sworn to protect, it makes people less likely to cooperate with police. It makes people more inflammatory when they interact with police. And I'm not the guy who gets on the air and says, hey, cops do whatever they want. We don't need to hold them accountable. Bad cops want to be, need to be held accountable. And you know who wants them held accountable? The good cops. Good cops don't want to be surrounded by thug cops. That makes their job harder. That makes life worse. 
But if you look at the black murder rate since defund the police happened, since Democratic politicians cut police budgets while maintaining their own personal security, obviously. But when they cut police budgets, the black murder rate went up 24 percent since the events of that summer. Okay, so black people in the name of fake racism got killed because Democrats took away some of their police. That's where we are at the border right now. They want you to believe, well, you know, you enforce border protection. That's racist against the Mexicans. That's what it is. It's right. It's racist. Okay, and they want you to believe that because that creates a lane for them to run in. Well, we should vote for these guys because they're not racist against the Mexicans. Never mind that the people crossing the border have come from 139 different countries. Never mind the level of human suffering because they're coming here at the behest of drug cartels, human traffickers. Women are getting sexually assaulted. We've broken a record level, a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths because of this border policy. Who's it hurting? The people coming here. They want you to believe you're a racist if you don't want people coming here illegally. But encouraging them here to come here illegally is getting them killed. So the hook is, well, no, no, vote for us because these guys, they're racist. They don't care about these people we're getting killed. Mayorkas, this is fascinating. Okay, Mayorkas is not guilty of a criminal act by being a bad Department of Homeland Security chief. But there is a criminal indifference in this man to the human beings coming across the border. And he said yesterday to Brett Baer, with a straight face, okay, that once again, this is attributable to climate change. These numbers are big. I will give you that. But we're not the only country dealing with this. And he wants you to believe that our border problems, okay, are not our thing. No, no, just everybody's going through this, what they're doing now. It's like, you know, the hula hoop. You know, in the late 70s, everybody had a hula hoop. These days, everybody has a border problem. No, the only people who have a border problem are the people letting everyone in. You don't have a border problem if the border's closed. It's the people letting them in that have a border problem, and it's their policy. And why did they enact that policy? Because when Trump said build a wall, they were like, ah, it's racist. We should be building bridges and not walls. And then they all went home to their houses surrounded by walls. And don't ever, 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 don't you ever forget that Democrats voted for border wall funding twice. They voted for it under George W. Bush. They voted for it under Barack Obama. And that's why we had pre-existing border wall when Trump started to build a wall. Everybody who told you that walls were racist were like, well, Trump's not even building a wall. It's just adding on to the existing wall. Whoa, hey, ho, hold on now. If walls are so racist, how is there an existing wall? Unless you guys went out and funded one. Oh. Oh, oh, wow. But once you realize that that's how this game is played, you realize that people don't care about people. Like, it's cool to care about people. I meet people, I'll talk to you for an hour, and you'll be like, wow, Jimmy, he's a nice guy. And Because uh, I care. I drove a cab a long time, and you just talk to people, and you really care for people in our individual experience and stuff like that. These politicians, they actually don't care about people. Like when you're advancing policies and you're manipulating arguments the way they are. But here's my Orcus saying, ah, it's got nothing to do with us. Clip one. The numbers are historic. The numbers are extraordinarily large. This is something that is not specific to the United States' southern border. This is something that we are seeing throughout the hemisphere and throughout the world. We have increase in authoritarian regimes. We have more extreme weather events that are driving people from their homes. We have poverty. And America is proving to be prosperous with more than 8 million jobs that need to be filled. We recovered from the COVID pandemic more rapidly than any right. other country. 
I mean. You are so full of sh- So no, that was a good thing. We got jobs that need to be filled. We did a better job on COVID than any other country, which, by the way, is spectacularly false. Okay, our kids in this country lost up to two years of academic gains. I love the poorly educated. Okay, we screwed people with our COVID recovery because we used COVID as a Trojan horse to spend on other agenda items that had nothing to do with COVID. But getting past that for a second, I said this to you on yesterday's show. The bank robber, Willie Sutton, once famously was asked why he robbed banks. He responded, because that's where the money is. Okay, why do you cross the southern border? Because that's where the money is. The cartels are making big money exploiting our southern border, number one. But more importantly, to break it down to Willie Sutton logic, okay, they're crossing the border because they're getting in. Okay, people aren't coming to our border because of the climate. They're not coming to our border because of authoritarian regimes because we're kind of living under one right now, to be honest with you. They're telling you what you got to drive, telling you what kind of vaccine you got to take, tell you what kind of stove you got to use, telling you how you got to vote. You know, they're not they're not, not even telling you how to vote. They're telling you you're not even a member of your preferred race if you don't vote for them. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. True story. So you understand this never ending perpetual race baiting is an actual indifference to the races they purport to care about. OK, and they're doing it as a way of pressuring you into voting for more disasters. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. They're playing Fox Across America's. If we had a theme song, it might be the Enter the Dragon theme song. We walk, we walk around with like you know, a little bit of swag. Not like quite. I don't consider myself Bruce Lee. No, no, no chance. Like Lee's famous recipe, chicken. Maybe you guys have ever had Lee's, uh, which is a mainstay out in Ohio by Jenny Failer. Jenny Fela's family. Uh, but the point is, uh, as we get back on the air and head into another big hour of radio, we're going to have a chat with Daniel Turner, who is, uh, you know, a little bit of a climate guy. He's the executive director of Power of the Future. And we're going to get into some of your phone calls as well. 888-788-9910. There's a lot happening in this country this week and next. And uh, if it's on your mind, I want to hear about it because that's what the show is. It's a family meeting. And I'm just kind of the deadbeat dad, slurring his speech and boozing it up at the head of the table. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You know, I didn't know this, but I went to the Pittsburgh Steelers game two weeks ago. They're a big here we go crowd. They're fired up at Acrisure Stadium. And their Steelers got a shot at a wild card berth if they could win tomorrow in Baltimore. Get a little cooperation out of the Baltimore uh, Buffalo Bills or one of those other teams on the brink. Uh, but yes, whether you're a Steeler fan or you're a Fox Across America fan, here we go. Big hour coming up on the show. Daniel Turner, executive director of Power the Future, will stop by. If I know Turner, he'll probably take some shots at me for getting my own show. You know, he likes to do stuff like that. You know, That's just how white folks will do you. Right. Uh, and we'll get into it about a lot of the disingenuous. Uh, there's a lot of race baiting going on right now. Biden giving a big January 6th speech today. 
and basically telling you, you know, the 2020 pitch is vote for me or you're a white supremacist. People are telling you they fired the president of Harvard who plagiarized all her essays and called for the death of all Jews because they don't like her race, which, again, wait, what? what, (laughs) you know, they only fired the woman who called for the death of all the Jews uh, because they're racist. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But that's how the game is played. They're showing you the playbook. So it's Friday. Okay, we're, this is a feel-good show, man, and you know that. Okay, the whole hook of the show. It's a whole hook. That's why it stands out on the radio, is I sound like I'm getting paid in Tide Pods and tequila. And that was true up until like three days ago when I got a TV deal. But the point is, uh, the reason the show is going to continue to sound that way is because life is so much more enjoyable if we're up over here having a good time than if we're just yelling and screaming. And... Rawr! So 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of this hour, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a Right to the phones. Right to the phones. Uh, Wally in St. Petersburg Beach, Florida. Wally! Jimmy, my radio buddy. Happy Friday. And I got some more good news for you. Okay. I'm pretty confident I'm going to have enough aluminum cans collected to afford the $1.99 Fox Nation. Whoa! Whoa! And, and I'll be able to see you, I'll be able to see and hear you on Saturday and I've actually done some free freelance production for your show. Uh-oh. Your intro your intro music needs to be Bay City Rollers. Oh, it's a Saturday night. Saturday night. Love that. I love <laughs> and to that. keep you keep you from worrying about peaking don't forget that you still work for me as my fox messenger and assistant showrunner mm. true <laughs> and, story and, and we're gonna add another show for you called fail it and friends save the world with cigars whiskey and a pit fire oh i like this and i know how to get that pit <laughs> fire because jenny fail so we have a good set designer for that and uh, who knows? We might we might listen. Everybody needs to stop saying I'm going to save the world because uh, we're supposed to be lowering expectations now before the show kicks off. But you know what, Wally? I, I'm fired up. I actually think we're going to help. What do you think? Uh, I think so. But I also I have a Catholic question for you. Ooh. Did you have a Catholic dread moment when Suzanne Scott or Jay Wallace called you into the office before they told you the good news? Did you go? Oh, it's over. Wally, if you think those people are calling me, like they are. Well, the people calling me, I'm like, I get, a, I get a phone call from the third string window washer. They're like, hey, I'm up here on 42. Who do you like in the Jets game this week? And I'm like, I don't even know who they're playing, but not the Jets. Uh, but no, Wally, I will tell you this. Uh, I, no, I've, I was pretty confident about the direction things were trending in. And the reason I mean that, and I'm not being arrogant, is because I've met all of our listeners. I'm on the road. I meet people every day. I know it's working, and I, it's not, and I know why it's working. And uh, it's, I'm not saying that to be arrogant. I'm saying that because this is a moment where people are so sick of elites and they're sick of experts, and there's such a huge market for a guy like me who kind of knows what he's doing. I'm not saying I don't know what I'm doing. I kind of do, okay? But I'm not an expert. You wouldn't copy off me on a test, you dig? And uh, Jimmy, I, we, Jimmy, I consider I consider you media Switzerland. You're very <laughs> neutral. You're easy to, you know. Uh-huh. You know, we all have our opinions, and it's nice not to have somebody, you know, shoving theirs down your throat. Uh-huh. And, you know, That's and fair. I'm, that's but I have, I have one favor of you. Okay. Will you help me with the six degrees of separation? I told you before I had a relations with a 
Parma girl, a oh, Parma lady from Parma, Ohio. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. This isn't this isn't going to be a head slapping issue for you. But if you could ask Jenny if there is a Cindy Foley in her circle, <laughs> it will it will be a six degrees of separation that will blow my mind. Well, goodness. Well, I, you know, based on you, I've met you. That's the only thing getting blown. But we'll see. <laughs> Wally, I kid, I love you. We'll talk soon. Be well. There he goes. The great Wally in St. Petersburg Beach, Florida. Patty is out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Patty. Hello. How are you? Better now, girlfriend. I need some Wyoming energy. That's Dana Perino territory. Yes, it is. Let's talk proud, about it. Proud member of our, our great state. How about it? I, I'm very pro-Wyoming, yeah. and I'm, I'm hoping to do stand-up out there this summer so I can bring Jenny and Lincoln. Um, so if you know anybody who wants to book me, uh, tell Nicola show, let's work this out, girlfriend. I work pretty low brow, so I don't know that there's anybody that's well, you know, high up enough for you. How you stop it. You said low brow. This show is no brow. This is a mess. (laughs) I have a question that has been haunting me. I listen to you guys, you pretty carefully. And I hear the argument about, what happened in 2020, at least partially, was that COVID mm-hmm. made, gave the opportunity to the Democrats to be able to collect votes and deliver them to the booth to manipulate things potentially, mm-hmm. not saying it really happened, but mm-hmm. in states like Michigan and Pennsylvania and Colorado where the votes kind of went mm-hmm. kinky on us. Yep. Um, and then I hear that that's not going to happen in 20. 24 because there is no COVID, but everything else is still in place. So what's going to change? Why don't the Dems, why won't the Dems still go out and solicit or collect votes? I mean, they've got a pile of Mexicans they can solicit votes from. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And I don't know, just to be clear, Patty, uh, the Uh people coming across the border don't have an immediate voting right. But the issue is when I know I'm I'm laughing, uh, but but when the when the actual issue of mail in voting comes up at this point, the one problem for the Republicans is they can't it's not going away. So the Republicans either need to utilize it or fight harder. The thing that I consider to be the scam for real is the postmarking issue, because if you have to have your ballots postmarked by Election Day, postmarked by Election Day, Mm -hmm. then I think that creates more distrust in the system. Understand, because, again, I don't know the election was stolen. I don't physically have that proof. But if somebody was, okay, going to steal an election through the mail, okay, it really helps to be able to postmark things by election day because you know on election day how many outstanding votes you need to get this thing over the top. And I'm not saying it was stolen. I don't know that. But I'm just saying people don't trust our elections right now. And that's not going to improve because they won't let us have an investigation into the last election. They'll be like, no, it's too dangerous. People will get violent. So now we just have to not trust the next election, which sadly, if the Democrats lose the next election, they're going to tell you it was stolen. We only know that because every other election they've lost in this century, they told you was stolen. 2016, Hillary Clinton, they said it was stolen by Russia. 2004, they said John Kerry, that election was stolen. 2000, Al Gore, they said it was stolen. So we know where this is headed if the Republicans win. So I appreciate your concern for the matter. And I do think at this point the best thing Republicans can do 
to, you know, address their concerns about mail-in voting is to encourage it, encourage more of it on their end, not, not necessarily not on the Democratic end. But, uh, you know, that's tough because the Democrats, they get turnout, you know, and, and not just amongst the living. And when you got dead people voting for you, too, it's hard to beat, you know, Patty? That's right, and there are a lot of Jose Gonzalez's out Patty, we'll talk soon, girlfriend. Great stuff. Love you. 888-788-9910. I'm just laughing, man. I'm just laughing. I'm laughing for the reason some of you are laughing. You know, sometimes something funny happens in, like, the store, and you're like, don't say it. We all see it. Don't say it. We all see it. Ralph is in Burlington, Vermont. Ralph. What's up, brother? Uh, uh, listen, uh, like I told uh, Mikey or whoever, uh, you ain't heavy. You're our brother. That's what's up. That's what's up, Ralph. And that's a true story. You know story. what I mean? You're you're not that big. That you know, I met you. We shook hands. I gave you maple syrup. You did. I gave you some honey. You ain't that big. <laughs> well, I'm a lot. Now, I- now your son may be big, but yeah. <laughs> Well, I outweigh Lincoln, and that's unfortunate because he's like a foot taller oh, than me. No. He's like a foot taller than me right now. But he's a big kid, man. But, uh, but I wanted to share to you uh, uh-huh. real quick. Um, what the heck was I doing? Uh, regarding, um, what was it? What Mikey was it? said you had a note about Kilmeade. Mikey, help me out. Mikey said you had a what note that? about Kilmeade. What was it? Oh, that's what it was. You know how he had... Uh, Jack Buck or wherever that Buck dude, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the other commentator in the booth doing the the football announcing. Uh-huh. You know, you got the uh, the stack guy, and you got Buck doing the color play by play, right? Uh-huh. You know, the color guy. Mm-hmm. Well, Kilmeade would be the stat, maybe a little bit of fluff, yep. but you'd be the color guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's happening with the radio. And now it's transgressed into Saturday night. Yep. You got uh, the stat guy with the, uh, you know, a little bit of fluff. Mm-hmm. And then you got the finale with Sayla, <laughs> with that color. You better believe it. We're pumped up. And it is, it's not lost on me that I've got the same lead-in in in both mediums, and I love that. Like, when I, one of my favorite things to do here, I'm on Kill Me's show tomorrow night, uh, his Saturday Night Nation. Yeah. Uh, And uh, it's one of my favorite things to do because he and I work fast, and he's a really sharp guy. Like, he's, between you and me, he's a lot smarter than me, but I have ways to sound smart. Like, I, you know, as a comedian, you, you know, you're always putting the context where you needed to to be funny. And I've learned how to do that to sound smart. I've convinced a lot of people who listen to the show that I know what I'm doing. Uh, Ralph, you've met me. I don't need you to comment on whether or not I know what I'm doing. Uh, but I did know what I was doing with your maple syrup and your honey. I downed all of it. Uh, but good call, brother. 888-788-9910. Uh, more of your calls, talks, texts, tweets, the whole Barnyard Jamboree when we come back. A show so good, it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A radio show where all are welcome. All are welcome to this radio show. I don't know that all are welcome at the houses of some of our listeners. Uh, but I do know we're having a good time. It is Friday, 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in. 
Uh, Kevin has some dirt on the Iowa caucuses. Yo, Kevin. Yo, Jimmy, my New York City brother from a different mother. Hey, yes, <laughs> Iowa caucuses. Yep. As you know, I was born and raised there. I I went to high school in West Des Moines, spent the first 25 years there. I just wanted to give a couple highlights from the state of Iowa, birthplace of John Wayne, the Everly Brothers, you know, bye-bye, love, wake Mm. up, little Susie. Maybe we could play some of that during your breaks or in between your breaks. Mm -hmm. It was the first radio gig Ronald Reagan had was in Iowa, Mm -hmm. also home of Ashton Kutcher and Kurt Warner, the NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, and last not to be the least, actor Tom Arnold. Oh. So uh, that little taste of what Iowans are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you can imagine Aunt B from the Andy Griffith Show, my mother passed away a couple of years ago, and I called the, a farmer out in Iowa. My sister and I inherited about 100 acres of Iowa farmland in Shenandoah. Wow. And I, w- I was talking to the wife, answered the phone. You could all, she, Just like Aunt B, you could almost smell the apple pie coming through the phone lines. I Ooh. live out here in Virginia now. But but mm-hmm. uh, but anyways, you ready for my I, – I, I participated in two Iowa caucuses, was an elected delegate at the caucus level all the way to the state level, and I observed another Mm -hmm. in 2008, and it was so cold. I heard Ron DeSantis uh, this morning on Brian Kilmeade's show saying it's supposed to be in the negative, below zero on caucus day, which is nine days from now, and it was was so cold in 2008 that I literally had to wear two pairs of pants. Oh, my goodness I mean, the gracious. Wind, the, the wind would – I mean, I'm not even joking. I mean, I'm talking about I put a pair of khaki slacks on, and then I found another pair of khaki because the wind was blowing right through you. You got basically my, uh, hundreds of miles of farmland. That wind just starts blowing. But anyhow, so I want to get to the, the – I feel like I've learned a lot about Iowa, by the way. I mean, historically, weather patterns. But I'm enjoying this, but do continue. Yes, a fascinating tour. Well, you know, it's called flyover country, except in nine days it's going to be the focus of the whole nation for one day. It's kind of like you got about three. You don't have any sports teams there. Mm-hmm. You got Iowa State football. You got Iowa football. You got the Iowa State Fair, and you got the Iowa caucuses. Uh-huh. Okay, so, but anyways, well, now I I worked. I, I was 25 years old, and the first time I participated, I was a volunteer. And if you're having to pay people to campaign for you in Iowa, you're going to lose. You got it's, it's a grassroots thing. It's got to yep. catch fire. You should have hundreds and hundreds of volunteers, uh-huh. which I was one. And so, uh, but they, we had training sessions. I, I worked Ooh. for Pat Robertson's campaign. Okay, that's what I was and, ask and we you. had training sessions because the meetings use Robert's rules of order. So yeah. you have to make motions and stuff, and who knows Robert's rules of order. So I encourage your listeners to go out there, find, find Robert's rules of order online. And, and another thing people don't know is the Iowa caucuses on, the, on caucus night, the results are not binding. They don't select their delegates to the national convention until the summer. So in a way, it's all about perception and a straw poll. Uh And then what happens is the big campaigns pull out and leave after caucus night, and then the little campaigns like Ron Paul stick around and go to all the subsequent meetings to try to steal and win the the, the delegates. Wow. And it's actually led to fistfights. There used to be video online. Can I just jump in? uh, Let me ask you this. Sure, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let me ask you this. Has anyone ever won the the caucus, but actually not gotten the delegates at the state convention? Yes. At, great question. That's right where I was headed. In oh. 2012, uh-huh. Ron Paul's people stuck, uh, stuck around. Oh. And they didn't, they didn't come in. They didn't even place. They were like sixth place. They, they were the bottom, right? Uh-huh. They went to all the meetings, and at the state convention, they had all the delegates, and they had to pass a rule. They wanted it to be unanimous for Romney, so they made a rule to not count 
the Ron Paul delegates. Wow. At the state convention. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so there was like meetings in these, these intermediate after the caucuses. There used to be video. I don't know if it's still online where mm. all the Ron people, Ron Paul people showed up at the meeting and the Romney people literally tried to physically remove them. Mm. So, yeah. So, so, I mean, technically Ron Paul could have got all the delegates, but Iowa is such a small state. I mean, only 187,000 people are going to showed up in 2016 the last time it was contested so wow. let's see this time is trump yeah. going to get a hundred thousand votes i don't know what's your give me a prediction really quick because i got 20 seconds who do you think takes it? it gosh it's it's going to be hard i'm going to say trump but i'm going to put an asterisk oh how about that that's a cliffhanger well, well we'll revisit this in a few days kevin really great uh insider trading knowledge about iowa i appreciate the call as always brother nice talking to you man my man there he goes how about kevin I mean, if you're ever on, like, who wants to be a millionaire and one of the questions is about Iowa, phone a friend immediately. Kevin's number, 208-35. I'm kidding. But the point is, the guy knows his Iowa. My goodness gracious. Almost as well as Daniel Turner knows the energy markets and the climate hustlers and the protesters dividing our great nation the founder, the executive director of Power of the Future, a, f- a friend of ours, if we were talking in mafia terms, Daniel Turner stops by when we come back on Fox Across America. GM sold 2.6 million cars and trucks in 2023. 76,000 of those were EVs. Ford sold 2 million cars and trucks. 73,000 uh, were EVs. So clearly about 96% of the consumer is saying that they don't want electric vehicles. So we why saw, not? We saw a 51% increase in electric vehicles. That's what we've seen. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. And no one knows that better than our next guest, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Daniel Turner is in the house and the crowd goes wild. Hey, girl. No, it's true. They gave him a show on Saturday night. I don't know. He's not even that talented. <laughs> oh, hey, Jimmy, am I live? Turner! Oh, gosh, sorry. Jimmy! You hey, got, great to be on with you. You've got some nerve, <laughs> Turner. Some nerve. Some I'm so happy for you, Jimmy, but I'm not happy about the EV mandates, that's oh. for sure. Well, listen, we'll get to that in a second. Since you greeted me with uh, some type of a low-level dig at my show, and now I've tried to backtrack because <laughs> you genuinely feel guilty, which is fine. I respect it. It's diplomacy. I get it. That's how it works. Uh, but no, I laugh. I am uh, really happy uh, for America right now because that TV show will be a continuation of this show where fine folks yes. like yourself have a really good time talking about bad times. <laughs> That's kind of our hook. <laughs> We're like, you know, there was, you know, it really sucked in this dungeon in the medieval times, but I'm sure there was one guy you were happy to see. That's us. Yes, you know? that's the guy got a chain chain to the stone wall who's cracking jokes the whole time yeah. while everyone's being tortured. Exactly, and <laughs> that's and we need are. it because if you don't laugh every now and then, you just go crazy. And there's enough going on right now to make us all absolutely insane. And it's only the fifth day of the year, and I'm already ready to jump out my window. Everybody's on the verge of snapping. Well, I listen, man. <laughs> I enjoyed the pushback uh, yesterday at the White House at KJP because essentially, you know, what Edward Lawrence is saying to her is. They're not percentage wise. You know, you, they, they, they always have a number. They're like, well, electric, mm-hmm. electric vehicle sales increased by 51%. But as a uh, basis of overall vehicle sales, this fell far below expectations, mm-hmm. did it not? 
Absolutely. And, and you know, you can get numbers to, to say absolutely anything you want if you use the right formulation. I tweeted this even just a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up as a kid, how cold was your house in winter? Because mm-hmm. dad would like, I'm not putting on the heat. Yeah. You know, or put on a sweater. So your house was 50 degrees. Uh-huh. And in the summer, your house was 90 degrees. And dad said, I'm not putting on AC. What am I, a Rockefeller? <laughs> well, if for six months of the year, your house is 50 degrees. And for six months of the year, your house is 90 degrees. Corinne Jean-Pierre can say Jimmy Fallon's house was a balmy 70 degrees on average. <laughs> and and that's, that's a number, right? That, that, so you can get numbers to say anything you want. And, and the more you manipulate them, and heck, anyone who took a statistics class knows how to do this. So, yes, whenever they don't get the, the formulation that they like, they just change the data. And she can say, well, it had a 50 percent increase and, you know, I hit you 50 times last year, Jimmy. If I only hit you 15 this year, uh-huh. are you going to say, well, you know, I mean, the beatings from Daniel have dropped substantially. That's wonderful. <laughs> come, come, come to think of it, Rihanna should take back Chris Brown. You know, with these numbers. Exactly. These numbers <laughs> That's exactly how to look at it. And, and you realize, like, you're, you're just you're treating us like children. Ultimately, let's strip away all of the all of the math and all of the metrics just why do you, why do you treat us like children? Why do you lie to us about what is very very obvious? And what is obvious is that you lauded this EV mandate and you gave out billions of dollars and it didn't work. Yeah. I understand her job is to always make it look like things are good. Mm-hmm. That is the White House press spokesperson's role. Mm-hmm. But we're not dumb. We're not stupid. Why do you treat us like we're stupid? EVs are not flying off the shelves, and EV dealerships are stuck with a, 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 a product people no longer want. They never really wanted to begin with. That's but, point. of course, we have to pretend otherwise. That's the point. We're talking to Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Um, well, I, That's why I think, though, that they have to kind of go this other manipulative route it's because they're forcing something on us, but they're trying to conceal the appearance that this is a non-consensual relationship because no yeah. one is asking for this. And again, we go back a lot on this show to the fact that the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country was named after inflation reduction, which is a hell of a sleight of hand trick to get funding for a climate bill, which you don't make that move if people are on board with that type of spending on the climate. No. Absolutely. And and that was emblematic of, uh, you know, the entire first two years of the Biden administration mm-hmm. when they had both chambers of Congress. And now that we're in election year, basically everyone on the left running for office is talking about what they will do mm-hmm. when we have power. You know, mm-hmm. we want suddenly gun control. Uh, yeah. Well, you had both chambers for, for two years. Where was your gun control? Yeah. Where was the Green New Deal? Mm-hmm. You know, your local congresswoman there is the author, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. Why didn't you even introduce it when you had both the House and the Senate? Because no one wanted to put their name on that on that pig. Mm-hmm. So they just pretended it wasn't going to the prom. Right. So <laughs> so they, they, they had complete control for student loan debt. Why didn't you ever pass? Why didn't how come you didn't even introduce student loan debt forgiveness? Now we're doing it through executive order and every idiot running for reelection is saying you one of the biggest ones. Did you even remember you have a senator called Kirsten Gillibrand? Oh, what man. the hell has she done for the last six years? But now she's running for reelection on what? We need gun control. Well, where is your bill, Senator? You controlled <laughs> the Senate. Where was your bill? Oh, we don't really want gun control. We want to say we want gun control. Yeah. They want to run on issues. They don't want to solve them. I mean, it's, no. it's true. 
And there's uh, no money in solving. <laughs> it's no, it's so true because that comes up a lot with the border, which I'll pivot to for a second, if only because my Orcus, who you know, he is not technically guilty of a criminal act, but there is a criminal level of sociopathic indifference to the humanitarian crisis they've caused at the border. And the Mm -hmm. fact that they're trying to sandwich this into a climate change push is phenomenal. So he's saying uh, to Brett Baer last night, he's like, well, you know, the border problem is not unique to this country. Other countries have them because of climate change. Wait, what? The reason people are coming to our border is because we're letting them in. They're not coming, yep. number one, if we're not letting him in. They're period. They're not even trying. The attempts were way down onto the other guy. But number two, okay, to think that these people either fear the future climate change or are being displaced in such radical numbers by weather events is just such fabulism, such sensationalism. But it speaks to a people who don't actually care about the people coming to the border. You can't care about them if you're encouraging them to come in this way. Yeah, exactly. And and if the if the border isn't justified by climate change, the next will just talk about institutional racism, and, yeah. and that they'll you just always pivot to a subject that gets people <laughs> to shut up. That's why Biden uh, has funded hundreds of millions of dollars towards a, a racial justice, environmental racism so justice funny. office because you realize, well, this isn't working, so let's tie the race angle in, and that will shut people up. Yep. You know, and, and it, it's the same as – look at the people protesting. I, well, last I was in Manhattan, I saw them, people protesting with signs that say there can be no environmental justice until there's gust- justice in Gaza. Oh, God. And you scratch your head and say, what the hell does that even mean? Right? <laughs> like, like, aside from your deeply held beliefs, there's no environmental justice without justice in Gaza because you just tie all of it together. Yeah. You know, you, you, you tie oh. all of it together and it shuts, tries to shut people up. You know what protest is now? It's seriously. This is true. OK, the modern protest movement. We're talking to Daniel Turner. It's now uh, every individual protest is a Mr. Potato Head. OK, mm-hmm. If you show up to protest <laughs> Gaza, someone, someone puts a gay rights thing on the ear. Someone else puts That's a climate brilliant. change rights on the nose. And it's true yeah. because when I'm here in New York and these protests happen, you look out the window and there's every type of protest. There's like a defund the police. It's just become like the denim jacket you throw all the patches on of the bands you like. That's what protest yeah. is now. You're, you're, I'm going to be the one who shows up with my stop eating meat and be like, oh, crap, am I at the wrong one? Like, oh, no, that, they're meeting in Union Square, buddy. Like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong spot, wrong spot. I mean, that, change and, my T-shirt. Well, and it would make sense because, as everyone has said uh, to the point of exhaustion by now, the people bringing rainbow flags to pro-Hamas protests are in the wrong spot, you know. Yeah. And But that's that's the reality right now. Protesting in this country is not about the cause anymore. It's about the currency. It's about somebody who might be funding it, uh, somebody who might benefit from the unrest, and the people who want the clout and they want the self-righteousness that comes from saying, like, we're fighting for something. Like, I yeah. said this and last... The, go ahead. I was gonna, the green protest is perennial because it's always in your back pocket, yep. but it does seem that when we have difficult elections coming up, they find what is the protest du jour in 2012, which was a difficult election. It was mm-hmm. Occupy Wall Street, yep. right? Um, in, in, in 2004, it was Code Pink yep. and, and anti-war protests. Mm-hmm. In 2020, which was a difficult election, it was BLM and Antifa. Yeah. And now in 2024, it's going to be probably Gaza or Biden is going to go stir up racial t- 
attention tomorrow oh, in yeah, Pennsylvania. Yep. So that will be the new thing, right? And and when you don't have those things in the news, um, well, then you just go back to the climate. But poor climate people, right? <laughs> they're like they're like the fat girl who you know will say yes to the date, <laughs> to the prom, uh-huh. but you you ask the models first. And then if everyone fails, you're like, all right, I'll ask Gina. Yes, <laughs> we'll do it. Well, listen, then. She's always a good time, though. Don't put her down. Okay. <laughs> You should you should know better as a member of the gay community because Gina is usually hanging out with your people a lot. And you know she's got some bad habits because she talks to you guys because you like to gossip. <laughs> Try that on me. Oh, I'm laughing, though. It is true. Can we have this much fun on TV, Jimmy? Yes. I, guess, I guess we have to just be careful with the cameras it, are on. It but is, I no. am. Yep. I'm excited for you, brother. I'm excited for your new show, and and I do mean it sincerely. We do need to laugh more as we talk about these awful issues, and I think you are going to be an enormous uh, uh, advantage to the Fox community to have some laughter and seriousness all combined. So no, I'm very happy for well, you. I appreciate you lowering expectations by saying I'm going to save the world. Uh, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> I got this. No, no problem at all. Thanks, Turner. We'll do it again, brother, but happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Jimmy. My man. The great Daniel Turner. There he goes. There we go back after this. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Doing the dang thing. In the next hour, Kat Kamek. Coming by from the great state of Florida. And uh, she's got a lot to say about this Mayorkas character who's running the Department of Homeland Security. He should be behind bars. Now, listen, he's not technically guilty of a criminal act. But as I was saying to Daniel Turner, uh, there is a criminal indifference to what's happening at our southern border. Uh, And this is the moment, like for real, uh, that I knew I couldn't make it into politics like today. And I do mean that, okay? Like, I, I talk a lot to Jenny about how I'd like to run for office someday, and we always joke that, you know, you couldn't pass the background check. That's true. That is true. You know, you've heard me say that before. Uh, but having gotten my own TV show, which is the, my lifelong goal since I was in fifth grade, I was like, well, you got to keep shooting for the stars. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. what. Maybe I set my sights on the White House, Jimmy. Maybe that's a move, you know? <laughs> No chance, because I realize to make it up the ranks of politics, you have to be able to truly not care about people. Like, they don't care about people to let the southern border be the way it is. Okay, when you encourage a humanitarian crisis, mass migration, empower drug cartels, human smugglers, sex traffickers, and you cause a you know record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths in the country, okay, and we all know without a shadow of a doubt that your policies caused it. Okay, you have to be able to physically, emotionally not care about people in order to push those types of policies. And knowing that's required, I don't know that I could ever play that game because, like, I'm stupid. I care. I got a TV show. I was like, I'm going to help the world. Are you stupid or something? Yes, we've established that. We established that in the first three years of this show. Uh, But if you want to come out and see me in person. Big Jimmy showbiz, while I'm still syrupy sweet and care about you guys, which I always will. Uh, here are the dates, man. The first leg of my tour in March uh, is on sale. Okay, March 1st, we're in Idaho Falls. March 2nd, we're in Sacramento, California. March 8th, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. March 9th, Ponte Vedre, Florida. March 29th, Helena, Montana. March 30th, Spokane, Washington. 
April 5th, Federal Way, Washington, right there outside Seattle. April 6th, Boise, Idaho. May 18th, Schubert Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. All of these tickets available at foxacrossamerica.com. And if you didn't pre-order my book, you can get it there as well. You can go to foxnewsbooks.com. Buy the content, spend some time with your radio buddy, but come out, more importantly, at these shows. Meet the people who come to our shows, and you'll get it. You'll go like, oh, wow, this is an actual movement. Like, we're, you know, it's, it's like-minded people like yourself that are funny and care, but don't take themselves very seriously and like having, like, a center of their, you know, entertainment universe who's a bigger dirtbag than they are. I mean, that's the hook. You know, you go to a Jimmy Fallon event and you're like, wow, I'm better looking than the star. Oh, wow, it's, I got more money in the bank than that guy. Gee, at least I shave for this. You know what I mean? And that's the hook. I am an empowering star. You know how Lady Gaga had her monsters? Okay, we reverse that. I'm the monster and you're all the Lady Gagas. But don't show up in a meat dress because they're trying to make me stop eating right now because I'm a TV guy now. Put that cookie down now. Yeah, that guy's back in my studio following me around. But 888-788-9910. In the next break, we're going to talk to Kamek. We're also going to talk about the Harvard thing because what's basically happening at this point, and it's so fascinating to watch, but we've gotten to this place now where the reductive language of identity politics has become so oversimplified that sometimes the people pushing these charades in an effort to make you not think critically, okay, they just, well, vote for us because the Republicans are racist. You know what I mean? Well, they, you know, Riley Gaines doesn't want to swim against a biological man because she's a transphobe. She wants them to die. And you don't want to be that person, so let a guy with a package jump in the pool against the women and swim against, you know, and that's what they do. Okay, it's social pressure. But what happens is sometimes the people used to getting their way employ or deploy these devices in situations they don't belong in. Like saying the president of Harvard was fired because of racism. Okay, if you were to truly believe that, which none of them do, they're race pimps. This is how they make their way, division. Okay, but if you were to truly believe that, like you would actually be like too stupid to operate a motor vehicle. Like we'd have to almost like take away your driver's license or like we couldn't let you use like anything of power, like a microwave. Like you'd be that dumb if you believed racism was the cause for, you know, Harvard's president being fired. Folks, to be honest with you, racism is the reason she got the job. You are correct, sir. They took a spectacularly unqualified person who just happened to be an anti-Semite, as we later came to find out, someone who plagiarized all of her work and put her in that position because they were just hell-bent on hiring a black woman. And it's such a disservice to black women who could do the job. You know how many of them out there that can do the job? All of them. You know, millions of them. Okay, could run Harvard better than the woman who plagiarized all her essays and tolerated pro-Hamas protest and said they actually weren't hate speech or harassment depending on the context. So depending on the context, I can call for the death of all people of a certain race. You know, if it's like a Tuesday between two and seven, like that's what we deal well, we're dealing with. And the reality is once you acknowledge that those are your public views and we come to find out you weren't qualified to begin with, anyone out there telling you it's racist by you is really just admitting that it's clowning by them. (laughs) Straight clowns. Okay. And when I watch this stuff happen in real time, 
you know, a lot of the things that used to make me think I was unqualified to have a media platform this big now make me think I'm qualified. I used to look around and go, wow, these academics, these people are brilliant. Nobody could keep up with them. Wrong. They're all a bunch of idiots. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. These plagiarism allegations uh, where Claudine Gay has had to issue corrections, um, multiple corrections. Now, we should note that um, Claudine Gay has not been accused of stealing anyone's ideas in any of her writings. Uh, she's been accused of sort of a, more like uh, copying uh, other people's writings without attributions. I can't even imagine what she's had to face. There are people who have come straight out and said that they believe that Claudine Gay, you know, before the plagiarism allegations even came out, that they believe Claudine Gay was only appointed because she's black, because she's a woman, but especially because she's black. Broadly speaking, Alex, Republicans see these Ivy League institutions, these elite colleges, as an ideal foil for them to try to press their message, uh, politically speaking. Yeah, and so in such charming uh, rhetoric, they are dancing on somebody's grave. But let's make the point, she is not leaving the campus. She is going to remain as a professor of government, as well as African-American studies. I have not seen any evidence that uh, Claudine Gay was uh, guilty of true plagiarism. This is part of a well-orchestrated, misleading smear of Claudine Gay and of Harvard University. There is this sort of open war on black progress, black history. Um, Claudine Gay, the president uh, of Harvard University, at least up until she resigned, um, is now the latest casualty of that. Christopher Rufo, um, who is out there touting and, you know, high-fiving and claiming the scalp of Claudine Gay, telegraphed that this was what they were going to do, that they were going to associate um, these DEI professors of colleges with BLM and decolonization and Hamas in the public mind and get rid of them. He's now claiming victory. He telegraphed that this was the campaign. Why are these elite colleges capitulating to it and essentially making it so uncomfortable for these women leaders that they have to step down to be replaced by white men? Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Said it before, and I'll say it again. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up for the final hour of the week. Why did we open on so much audio, Jimmy? All these clips. Were you, like, late getting back to the studio? Were you in a dice game? Were you hanging out? Were you on, like, a television show during the commercial break? None of these things are true. I'm trying to set the table for a very debauched, Final hour. Cat Kamek is coming by. You, of course, are welcome. 888-788-9910. But I really do mean this. And you're going to hear so much of this. You're all going to hate me by the time my show launches next week. My TV show, anyway. Okay? What we're about to go through as a country, okay, if you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, does not matter. We're all about, and this is the ultimate, like, I, I guess the best way to describe it is I always use a... Uh, you know, when I'm describing the country, I always I always use a metaphor of a sports team. I say what I say, you know, the Republicans don't like Democrats, Democrats don't like the Republicans, but we're all on the same American team. 
Okay, at the end of the day, we forget that because we root for our parties harder than we root for our country, which is sad to me because I don't feel that way. But the truth is we're all on the same team. You could hate the liberals. They could hate you. But if push comes to shove and America's on the line, we need each other. Okay, and the people in media who really do just sell division for a, a living, okay, are so beholden to that living. They're so beholden to doing whatever they can to get their preferred party into power that they're willing to say things like some of the clips you just heard from Joy Reid talking about how Harvard's president was only fired because she was black. (laughs) Harvard's president said it was okay to call for the death of all Jews. It really is ludicrous. The death of all Jews. Okay, she was found to have plagiarized. All of her academic contributions of significance. That is totally absurd. But at the end of the day, the liberals want you to believe you should ignore the facts. We choose truth over facts. Okay, and why are they doing Why are they willing to dump race on this? She just said this is all part of a master plan to remove people of color from power. And replace them with white men. I mean, dude. Not even close. Do we have any proof they're running out to replace her with a white man? Zero. But she's willing to say that. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. If you tell them that, you're like, whoa, hey, ho. (laughs) See what they did at Harvard? Went after the blacks. Hey, guys, here's a fun fact. Some of the people she stole... Stole from, we're black people. Okay, so it's okay to rob black people. Just don't fire anyone or prosecute them for robbing black people. The Democrats want you to believe that they care about minorities more than the Republicans do. Ergo, they continue to harm minorities. Okay, and I'm only bringing this up because it's going to be a really loose hour. It sounds intense right now. It's like Jimmy's fired up. I'm giving a political speech or something, but I'm not. Okay, but this coming election year is going to be disgusting. It's not going to be disgusting on my show, on this show. not going to be disgusting on my TV show. It's going to crush because we're going to have fun, man, because we see through the charade. The problem people have, and this is a big problem for people who are trying to compete against me in media, is I am a very entry-level guy. Like, I got nothing. Few men have accomplished more with less. I, can't, I walked in here with a taxi license and a couple of loud sport coats, and I was like, I'm taking over. I'm taking over. Have you ever had a check? No, and I don't need one because I kind of took over. But anyway, let's move forward here, okay, because this matters, okay? I've gotten close enough to the magic show of politics now, going to these White House correspondence dinners, all these big media parties. I've met all of these figures and lawmakers and everybody in between that I absolutely positively know this game. Like I understand how it works, and I know my way around politics the way I used to know my way around the streets of New York. I know every street in New York, every address, every cross street, every bus lane, every bike lane. You know it well because you drive it long enough. You spend enough time immersed in that environment that it just becomes a second nature thing. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why I didn't get enough sleep as I needed to as a cab driver. You know, I was always out doing stand up at night and trying to spend time with Jenny and Lincoln in between. And, you know, I never got lost going anywhere. I'm not going to tell you I stayed awake for all the rides. But uh, what can I tell you? It's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. But having driven like my life taxi around the world of politics, when I see the wheels start to spin on a political game plan, I, I, 
absolutely, like I have a horse sense and I absolutely know what's going on. And I promise you in this moment, when you look at the coordinated efforts of the White House and the media, okay, the White House giving a big speech about January 6th today. We're now celebrating it on January 5th. We're doing it like it's, it's Christmas, like you get a January 6th Eve. Okay, if you leave out cookies and milk, the feds will bring you a present for the kids. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. Okay, but you understand they're simultaneously doing three things at once. Biden building up January 6th. Okay, everybody in liberal media telling you the whole country's racist. That's why they fired a black woman at Harvard. You know, she was the non-racist, the one who said you can kill all the Jews. She was obviously on the right side of history is what they want you to believe. That's what they're going with. That is a fact check false. Of course it is, but that's what they're going with. Hey, these racists fired that tolerant woman who wanted to kill all the Jews. Come on, racist, give her a break. Like, that's the angle. But when you see them going in that direction... And saying, you know, it's acceptable that she plagiarized all her papers, even though she was stealing from other black people and they're lowering the standards. Okay, you realize that's another facet of this, which is, again, everyone's racist but us. Okay, and then there's this third component to everyone's a racist, to Biden saying white supremacy on January 6th. It's the effort to get Trump off the ballot. Okay, they're trying to get him off the ballot using the justification that, well, if he's on the ballot, he could win. And if he could win, he could give a State of the Union where he tells his supporters to kill his rivals. Okay, that's the claims. You know the special counsel, Jack Smith? Jack Smith, okay, he's the guy bringing the special counsel charges against Trump. There's a slob. There's a real slob. I don't doubt that he feels that way. But in a report we caught on MSNBC this morning that I want to share with you, okay, they're flat out saying, well, this is all justified. We got to get Trump off the ballot. Trump gets into office. You know the guy who's winning in the polls, who's beating our guy? We have to protect democracy by taking the guy who's in the lead off the ballot. That's how you protect democracy is you deny people the right to vote in your elections for their preferred candidates. Like, could you imagine that that's what they're coming up with? I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. A lot of people are, but they want you to be so sick that you do something about it. Don't do something about it. The whole point of this show, trying to be a port in the storm, stay calm. Because this is what they're going for. Joy Reid's Joy telling you you're a racist. All the left-wing media. I could play you 10 minutes worth of montages. I'm saying Harvard is racism. Oh, they're firing her because she's black. Guys, she stole all the term papers and said it was okay to call for genocide against Jews. Okay, those are fireable offenses. Like, I, if you hire a babysitter, shows up to the house tonight, and she's like, listen, I steal a lot, and I want to kill all the Jewish people. Okay, I don't know that you're leaving her alone with the kids. Okay, if you're running a gas station. I don't know. Okay, but the point is, that's manipulative. It's disgusting, but it aligns with an overarching narrative that the other side is a bunch of really bad people. That's why you got to vote for us. Look, I know the border's bad. Okay, I know, I know, inflation's high, the gas isn't the best. We're on the brink of World War III. You don't feel safe going to the bodega in the inner city or the Bogota if you're Jill Biden and you're just pandering to Latinos. And I know, those are not good. Everything's gotten a lot worse since we got into office. However, okay, these guys are all racist, man. And I, I know you can't afford the goods and you don't feel safe buying them and it's harder to drive your car and we're forcing you to buy an electric car. But, but more importantly, we have to fight the pretend racism that we're making up. You have to elect us so we can fight this pretend racism. That's, that's the pitch right now. That's the pitch. Listen to this. This is mind-blowing. But when you talk about how far-fetched and stupid it is in terms of what they're willing to run with, Okay, it's stuff that like shocks my conscience because they're out there telling you, okay, that no, listen, you guys, you got to understand, man, 
You gotta understand, okay? You're all in danger. We're the only ones, we're the only people out there who can actually save you. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. No, ma'am. They will pee on your leg and tell you it's climate change, though. It's the nice thing about them. Okay, and the problem is, okay, when you come into a situation where you've got people that are willing to do or say anything to get into power or to retain power, they'll do so with no regard for how it affects us. Here is Ari Melber on MSNBC. Okay, talking about Jack Smith's report, clip 14. We'll just read again from the filing, because this could be right out of a political thriller. Quote, the nation would have no recourse to deter a president from inciting his supporters during a State of the Union address to kill opposing lawmakers to ensure that he remains in office unlawfully. I mean, did you just hear that? Give it to me one more time. Clip 14, please. We'll just read again from the filing. Because this could be right out of a political thriller. Quote, exactly. The nation would have no recourse to deter a president from inciting his supporters during a State of the Union address to kill opposing lawmakers to ensure that he remains in office unlawfully. I mean, this guy's a serious ass. So the, it's the, the, the tell, the pull quote there is, sounds like something out of a political thriller. Exactly meaning something that is completely made up. That is total bull Okay, so the Jack Smith angle to this whole thing is, well, we got to prosecute Trump because if we let him win again, he could give a State of the Union where he tells his supporters to kill everybody. Guys, the thing about dictators, the thing about fascists, okay, the thing about authoritarians, okay, that actually take over a government and weaponize it against civilians is they're not procrastinators. Okay, Trump was president once in power with the ability to do everything the Democrats are warning you he's going to do the second time around. At some point, you stop and you have to say to yourself, Trump, you know, could be a little crazy. This is a lot of wild stuff. But uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Democrats are crazier. He knows what he's talking about. That's where we find ourselves. They're trying to sell this crazy to voters. Well, no, we got to take them off the ballot. We're protecting democracy, which is like saying, hey, we've got an arson problem. Guys running around burning down houses. Now, listen, we don't want them to get to you, so we'll burn the house down ourselves. And you're like, wait, what, you just burnt down my... No, 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 we're protecting you from the arson, though, don't you understand? That's what they're telling you. Democracy will end if we allow democracy to play out normally in this election. And if... He gets in, duly voted in. Okay, he's going to end democracy. So we're going to end it before he does because he could get in and just tell his voters to kill everybody. If Trump was the kill everybody guy, you know when everybody would have been killed or at least attacked? Are you ready for it? About a week into his first term. You know, when they were lying and saying he stole an election with Russia. Okay, they ran with that narrative for three years. It was made up by these sick people. Does a dictator... Does an autocrat, does somebody who is actually capable of killing his political opponents tolerate three years of them delegitimizing his presidency? The answer would be no. And I'm only bringing that up, man. I don't want to be serious. It's Friday. Who cares? But if you're listening to the show in the coming weeks and months and you're like, come on, Jimmy, you're such a nut. You're so silly. So many jokes. You and your friends are so foul mouth, potty mouth heathens. 
Okay, but the reason we're cartooning the world is because the world is completely Looney Tunes right now. Okay, completely Looney Tunes. They're telling you you're the problem. And the only way to save us from you is to take you out before you take us out. Guys, I mean it. Okay, I went to community college. I don't know a lot, but I've spent a lot of time around people and I have a decent horse sense. This is Looney Tunes. You're listening to the most relatable man on the radio. Best way to describe him is to say he's the typical boy next door. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is headed back to Helena, Montana. Although I'm misleading you because it implies I was there the first time around. I was not. They postponed the show. They moved it. And now it is happening. Uh, I kept my campaign promise. And now it is happening in late March. And I'm at the Helena Civic Center. It's Friday night, March 29th. I have been credibly informed this next man is going to be there, which is why we hired the extra security. Yo, John. Hey, brother. How you doing? Um, yo, uh, I'm, I'm doing good. But I was just telling Fox... You know, with this new TV show coming out and this book and this stand-up special, they got to ease up on the promotion because I owe a lot of people money. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm just curious about one thing. Uh-oh. How drunk were the executives when they came up with the ingenious idea to give you a TV show? Yeah, you know, good for you, but for your for the record, it was meth. It was methamphetamines. It was that. This is more of a. <laughs> It's more of a meth crowd. Don't forget, we're we're very heavily Florida based now. Uh, but I laugh. Uh, I don't know why we find ourselves in this position. <laughs> but uh, you know the deal, man. We're going to drive it like we stole it. Brother, I'm just glad to hear they actually gave it to you, man, because you've worked your ass off for it. You know, yeah. you've done really good. Yep. So oh, kudos to you on that one, brother. No, it's going to be rad, man. And you certainly, I know we're going to, are we hanging out in Helena or did the reschedule screw up your schedule? Oh, hell no, because I'm taking the time off because I've already yeah. got it planned out. You're going to be there on the 29th. Mm. I'm going to be there on the 28th. Ooh. I'll be sober by April 3rd. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be a mess. <laughs> well, listen, man, I might have some special guests, so uh, don't embarrass me. Not that you ever could because I've set the bar so low, so low. <laughs> if, you, if you just keep your pants on during the public portions of the hang, you're, you're fine. All right, brother? I can't promise anything. God, come on, man. John, we love you, man. Have a great weekend, brother. We'll do it again. Get him out of here. Get him out. There it is. Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. In the home stretch, I'm a heck of a week for your radio buddy. My stand-up special dropped. It is on Fox Nation right now. It's called They're Just Jokes. And uh, listen, man, if you didn't watch this, like, you're dead to me because it's a lot of fun. It's actually, like, fun. If you got nothing to do this weekend, I think it costs $1.99 a month to subscribe to Fox Nation. For all I've done for you, you can't get $1.99? Come on. I think he's got a point. Exactly. The point is you better subscribe. Check it out. It's that good. And uh, my book is available for pre-order at foxnewsbooks.com. And, of course, my new TV show, Hey Girl, Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon launches one week from tomorrow. How about it? That's a banger. 
Uh, joining me now on the show, I mean, it doesn't get any more exciting than this, though. I have stand-up special, Times Square billboards, your own TV show. But my, obviously, my showbiz peak is occurring right here at this moment as I bring on Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. This is it. I mean, when they gave me the TV show, I was excited. But when they said you were booked, we actually stopped and played Whitney Houston one moment in time. Like, this is the moment. <laughs> this, I kid. And well, you know, I know that's. That's your go-to karaoke song, right? Imagine. I got to tell you, if you wanted to know if we were going to have this conversation, because it's very funny. Uh, I don't do Whitney only because, like, my Whitney's not as good because, you know, you got to commit when you do karaoke. And, uh, yeah, the thing about Whitney is it's hard to smoke the crack. Like, if you're going to commit, you know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> it's tough. You know, multitasking has never been your strong suit, So, but I commend you for recognizing the limitations. Oh, Kat Kamek. Well, it's great to hear you. <laughs> it's great to hear your voice. As, listen, as the world burns, I, I love to roast marshmallows. Um, <laughs> it's just that's where we find ourselves. But this is what I think. Just We're going to start at a very broad level today. Um, I've been okay. trying to tell the audience. It would seem mm-hmm. to me that the 2024 playbook – by the Democrats is going to be like what I is going to be ugly. What I mean by ugly is like it's going to be a lot of race baiting, you know, uh, white supremacy, and we got to take Trump off the ballot to save democracy. You can't vote for the guy you want because we got to save democracy. I mean, it's absurd, but the point is that's where we're heading. So the message I've been mm-hmm. distilling to our flock here is that we as conservatives really do need to be the fun side. Because at the end of the day, there's no way people want to spend the next year being miserable, being gaslit on race and everything in between. So if we just be the fun side, I think more people would gravitate to us. No? No, you're 100% right. And I have to say, in all seriousness, congratulations, my friend. I am so stinking proud of you. It is amazing. Where you have come from and where you are today. What was it? Ten years ago, you were driving a, driving a cab, and oh, now yeah. you've got your own show on national television. It's amazing. No, cat. The American dream. Oh, cat Kamek. It is a good like success story because nobody has done more with less. You know what I'm saying? I showed up with no credentials. Uh, a ta- the first time I did TV here, I had my taxi double parked outside the building. Did you know that? <laughs> No, I did not know so that. The first, so this is what happened. I was doing stand-up at the Gotham Comedy Club on 23rd, and a Fox booker was like, hey, would you like to be on Fox tomorrow? And I, you know, half thought he was kidding. But anyway, uh, the first time I was right. here, I did Kennedy's show. I had my car double parked outside because the way you get out of a ticket in New York is if you, par- if you pop the trunk and put your hazards on, it looks like you're just running inside to get something heavy or you're helping somebody with something heavy. So it buys you time from the traffic cops. So I went in for about 30 minutes, left my car outside with the trunk up and the hazards on, the front door open. And uh, when I finally was done with the hit, I was walking out. It was Kennedy and Kaylee McEnany. And uh, they were like, nice to meet you. I'm like, you too, but I've got to go. I got to get my cab. And they were like, but there's nobody in it. And I was like, here's the thing. Like, it is my, I meant my cab. I meant, like, if you need a ride home, I'm your guy. So that that is That's where it started. Amazing. It is amazing. That but is amazing. It's a cool story. Ten but, years ago, you're mm-hmm. driving a cab. You end up with a show on national television ten years ago. I'm homeless, and I end up in Congress. So definitely you well. played it better, my friend. <laughs> you definitely made it right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you managed to go downhill from homeless, but you sure did. Man, Man it, it was it was quite quite the adventure. Yeah, but, wrong, wrong turns, lots of wrong turns. But, but would you not? That's so funny. But would you not say the key to persevering from nothing to something is you've got to know how to enjoy yourself 
because it makes the nothing tolerable. You know what I mean? Like it makes life worth mm-hmm. living while you're, you know, also busting your butt to get to where you need to go. I would imagine it had to be pretty rough to be homeless and all of that stuff. But at the same time, I, I would also think you did have some fun between there and here. No. Well, yeah. I mean, and you have to learn to laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the best people I know have have the ability to have that self-deprecating humor. And they're the ones that I feel are sometimes most successful mm-hmm. because if it wasn't so sad, you know, I mean, if, if, if you aren't able to see the light and the humor in some of these situations, I mean, we'd all be just be depressed as hell and the pharmaceutical companies would be thrilled. We'd all be on, you know, every, every drug you can think of, yeah. but it, it's true. I mean, we are living in clown world type stuff. And, mm-hmm. and at some point you have to take a step back and just kind of laugh. Because if we can't laugh, well, then damn it, then what the hell are we doing? Seriously, Cat Kamek, words to live by. Uh, and and I, I will say this, for real, as we launch this little Saturday night show of ours, that's going to be oh. the whole hook, man. It's not, I always say, even though I'm a Republican, you know, as a broadcaster, as a comedian, you're actually not here for the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. You're here for the keg party. You know, if we could get him, if we could, if we could just get a red solo cup vibe going on the television, I think we're going to win, Kamek. So make sure you hold on to your solo cup. I, I certainly will. I, I will. And if we are not playing beer pong on this show, I will be sorely disappointed. <laughs> we have failed. That's really funny. We're talking to, <laughs> we're talking to Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek, but you know that because she's the only one who says this stuff on the show. I kid. I love you the best. I know. Oh, you stop know. it. Um, give me something on the border really quick because what happened is. I think they're in a tough spot. Like, obviously, I know they're in a tough spot politically because they're acknowledging the border, which they didn't do for the first three years of the crisis they created. But what Mm -hmm. they're basically trying to say now is they're turning the border into, like, all the things they want people to support. Like, they're saying, like, well, it's climate change. You know, these people are walking a 1,000 miles because they're worried about what the weather's going to do in 50 years. Like, are we living in the death of shame where people will just say anything? I mean, they have created in the White House their alternate reality. It's like when the reporter you know, yelled out to Joe Biden the other day, will you go to the southwest border? Are you going to do something about the border? And he said, only if Congress gives me the money to do it. I mean, if I had rolled my eyes any harder, they would have rolled out of my head, Jimmy. Oh, my goodness. It's ridiculous because not only have we given every opportunity and every resource for the White House to actually just, I don't know, uphold the laws that are currently on the books and, you know, I don't know, secure the damn border, prevent national tragedies from happening. When he says he wants more resources, it's not to secure the border. It's to process illegals faster. And when you think about this, this hit me the other day, and I I had to repeat it a couple times just because it was that much of a staggering statistic to wrap your head around. Mm. There have now, under Joe Biden, been more illegals that have crossed through the southwest border than there are children born to American mothers. Is that true? That is insane. Yeah. That is insane. And that's what we're dealing with in California. They're giving them free health care. In Maryland, they're creating uh, board seats on the school board that only illegals can vote for. Every little bit of the way is another step in eroding the Constitution and eroding the greatness of America. And I love how hard the liberals are trying to sell the narrative that America is garbage, that that it's an awful place and it needs to be radically transformed, right? That's mm-hmm. their whole business yeah, yeah. model, their, their narrative. 
If it's so terrible, why in the hell are millions and millions of people fleeing their countries to come here? That's such a great point. That's the question I want to answer from that. (laughs) It's my my favorite, like, hocus-pocus move in the world because they love to do that stuff. It's so so spot on. Like, yeah, Mm. there was an old old, uh, Yankee catcher, Yogi Berra. And he was known for saying things that kind of contradicted themselves. And he had this line about a nightclub. And he said, nobody goes there anymore because it's way too crowded. And you're like, well, it would seem to me people still go there if it's way too crowded. And that, that's where we are on the border. Yeah, nobody wants to live in this country because there's way too many people trying to move into this country. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And it's going to catch up with them. The Democrats ignore this crisis at their own peril. And I'll tell you, the next couple of weeks that we have getting back into the swing of things in Washington, this is our one shot. The Republicans have got to use this moment in time as leverage to secure the border. And if we drop the ball on this, it'll be a damn shame because this is our shot to secure the border and stop this crisis. Now, here's my concern, Kat Kamek, because I agree with you a million percent. Like, this is such a window to deliver the goods here. But are you concerned that there are establishment Republicans that would rather run on this issue and let it go on for a few more months? You know, with a at this point now two vote margin, Mm -hmm. you know, I am deeply concerned about the personalities and in some cases multiple personalities of my (laughs) colleagues. Um, (laughs) And that's something that you have to manage. Um, But that's that's the thing. If people can just take a step back and realize that this is far beyond a political agenda, this is far, far beyond any single election of our lifetime. This is about the sovereignty of our nation. If we can if we can do that, we could do something amazing. And I fear that we are one national tragedy away from us having that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to avoid that. But with as many people that are coming through unvetted, as many gotaways coming from nations uh, far, far away that absolutely despise everything about America and what we stand for, I fear that it is going to happen. I mean, heck, even when Joe Biden's own people like Christopher Ray and others are saying, yes, you know, we're seeing chatters that there's going to be a situation, an incident, a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. That should be cause for everybody to wake up and say, you know what, we've got to secure this. Not not for a party, but for the country. Thank you. No, and I love that. And I, and I agree with it a thousand percent. Every time you make one of those points, like I'm like, you know, I'm fortified emotionally. So I'm like, wow, there's people in government that get it. But then I'm also concerned that the only people in government that get it are the ones that make keg stand jokes on my show. So (laughs) I think back to your beer pong analogy, I think elections should just come down to like beer pong contests. I think we should just America's got talent this election cycle. Oh, Lord. Well, then, heck, I'd be president, you know. <laughs> president gotta, Kamek. got to have some skill set. President Kamek joins us on the line. Uh, that is amazing. <laughs> I love you, baby girl. Listen, Jimmy, I don't got a lot going for me. I'm five foot three with T-Rex arms, and I'm a blonde, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you got plenty going for you in my search history, but uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> M- miss you already. Uh, we'll talk soon, all right, pal? You, be well. There she goes, Representative Kat Kamek who can actually have a human conversation. Can you imagine that, a lawmaker that comes on and we tell each other crazy jokes and talk about drinking and partying, and then she makes the most salient point in the world, which is the border is an American issue. They try to phrase it as like, oh, it's a Republican issue. I like to talk about the border. Okay, it's an American issue. Whatever happens at the border, 
happens in every state in this country. And it doesn't matter how you voted. It happens to you. The fentanyl that has led to a record level of poisoning deaths in this country doesn't ask who the college student voted for before it kills him. Well, this is deadly fentanyl. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? If you're a Democrat, it'll perform differently in your body when you down the fatal dosage. Okay, do you understand? Like, we have, like, problems. Okay, I joke because it's like a coping mechanism. It's a way of taking the edge off of things, and it's, you know, I like to laugh. I don't want to be a serious, angry guy all day. But the point is, like, we have actual problems because of the border that have made their way into 50 states, so much so that all the states that said no human being is illegal... Send them here if you're going to be a monster and not take them. We should be building bridges and not walls. Democrats are so full of crap. And how do I know that? Because as she just said at the border, okay, we got my mayor, Eric Adams. He's now, he was a sanctuary city. He was the guy who said, we'll take them. You don't want them. We'll take them. He's now suing the bus companies. That brought him the migrants. Listen to this. Clip six. Today, our administration filed a lawsuit against 17 companies that have taken part in Texas Governor Greg Abbott's scheme to transport tens of thousands of migrants to New York City in an attempt to overwhelm our social services system. These companies have violated state law by not paying the cost of caring for these migrants. And that's why... We are suing to recoup approximately $700 million already spent to care for migrants bust here in the last two years by the state of Texas. Governor Abbott's continuing use of migrants as political pawns is not only chaotic and inhumane, but makes clear he puts politics over people. I mean, that was absolutely dreadful. So the guy who said no human being is illegal will take them all. I defer you to the plaque on the Statue of Liberty because that's the way I see it. You are so full of sh. Now suing the buses. But hey, guys, can I just jump in here? Migrants are coming to his place because he said he wanted them. And now he's suing the people bringing him there. Okay, they filed for sanctuary city status. They legally said they wanted them. Now they're coming and they're like, oh, hell no. But the reason they're coming is not because of Greg Abbott and bus companies. They're coming because the Biden administration is letting them into the country. But is he out there criticizing the Biden administration? The answer would be no. Of course not. Because this isn't about the people. It's not about inhumane or lawsuits or anything in between. This is about the politics. The politics are more important than the people. And all the posturing they do to make it look like they care about people is ultimately exposed when somebody shines a light on it because nobody can take in this many migrants, and he knows that. Okay, so when Kat Kamek says, hey, man, we got to do the border and we got to do it before the election, it's more important to solve it than it is to run on it. Okay, you got to hope there's people in Washington that have that level of backbone, okay, because the longer this goes on, the worse off we all are. And that's the value of what we do on the show. You're like, oh, this guy's got a chick on from Congress. He's talking about his dirty search history. He's talking about dirty movies. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Maybe so, but that's because I'm a regular guy, okay? And that's what's happening. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. 
It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. The radio party is ending, TV party just beginning. I, tonight, actually, I'm not on your TV. I have four hours of filming uh, out on the mean streets in New York, little promo stuff for my upcoming TV show, which launches one week from tomorrow. Fox News Saturday night with Jimmy Fallon. It'll be the best show on TV the first night it launches. It's going to be really good. Uh, and I'm not being arrogant. We're just going to do a lot of work, and I have a lot of good dirtbag friends that I've met in my time driving a cab and doing stand-up that you guys don't otherwise see on the channel. And you're going to get to know them all one by one, and you're going to find them to be fantastic. They're really, I just know, I, you know when Trump's like, I hire the best people. I don't hire these people. They're not getting paid anything. But the point is they're the best people. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, tomorrow, if you do want to see me on your television, I am making my final appearance on the big weekend show, 7 o'clock. I'm hosting for the full hour as part of a cast of four. And then I will be on One Nation with Brian Kilmeade uh, making a special announcement in the 8 p.m. hour. Uh, oh, excuse me. I'll be on in the 9 p.m. hour. Let me get that right. I get a little confused. A lot going on, folks. But the point is the weekend is here, man, at least for us. Uh, go out and enjoy yourself, man. Don't fight about politics. Don't let them yell and scream at you about January 6th. You know what the most shocking thing about January 6th is to me? The price of goods at the grocery store that day. Because they're a lot more money now. But nonetheless, buy the stuff you like and enjoy eating it and drinking it till Monday. See you, girl. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.